Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm so excited to bring you today's featured guest, Kate Ekman. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. It is so great to have you here. As we just found out before we went live that we're both Midwesterners, so we're getting our Midwestern mojo together. And <laughs> I want everybody to know a little bit more about you. So let me just give them a background here because Kate's amazing. She is a confidence coach. She's a joy bringer and personal cheerleader for your spirit. She's the creator of the Full Spirit Workout, a 10-step system to shed your self-doubt, strengthen your spiritual core, and create a fun and fulfilling life. And this is a workout for the spirit that will help you get fit on the inside. It's a series of daily practices that keep our spirits, minds, and selves open and available to receive abundance, transformation, and enlightenment. But that's not all. Kate also works as a motivational speaker, She's an author of the blog, Love Yourself, Love Your Life, where she shares inspirational stories about self-confidence, healthy body image, redefining beauty and success, and creating define, I'm sorry, divine relationships. On top of that, she's a certified Reiki master, she's a QVC on-air beauty host, and a Wilhelmina model. Kate, okay, that's, that's a very full plate. Do me a favor, give us a glimpse. How did you go through all these different manifestations and now be a confidence coach that's helping people do their full spirit workout? Well, I think working so long on camera, for almost, gosh, 20 years, I'm aging myself now, but I really learned what it means to be truly confident, and it's, it's not what you think. Um, the truth is... We all, you, me, everyone, we have what it takes already. We were born with it. We just have to remember what that feels like. So for me, it's really guiding people back to themselves, going within, reconnecting with that fierce inner child that was fearless and free and wasn't trying so hard to make things happen or be unique. You just were unique. Um, and then before you really got caught up in the thinking of the world that says you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough. So really bringing people back home to themselves. And I learned a lot about that just from being on camera, which is um, a, a career that, you know, can be very superficial. Uh, people think that um, if you're on camera, you have the best life ever and, oh, you're so glamorous. But <laughs> um, I think it's just, for me, really been redefining success. And, and for me, it isn't about how much money you have in the bank and, your job title and all those things, which are nice. I love a nice car, a nice apartment or house and nice wardrobe as much as the next person. But um, I, I realized, I guess, the hard way that, that none of that will ever fill you up or truly make you happy. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. So as you know, we talk about partnership here on Speaking of Partnership. And I want to ask you, and I ask everybody this question, 
What's your favorite, I call it a guiding principle, some people call it a quote or a mantra or a touchstone, but what's that, that thing that you come back to whenever you notice you've gotten off in the weeds regarding partnerships in your life? I, I have two, but the main one is you don't have to be, do, or have anything to be worthy, valuable, or loved. You already are. So again, it's coming back to that essence of who you truly are and really living your life with a lens of love. So um, not the rose-colored glasses that is more of like in denial, oh, everything's so great when the sky is falling, but really a, a state of transcendence where you're kind of rising above all of the chaos in the world and um, living from your heart rather than your head. So there's that quote, I forget who said it, but the longest journey you'll ever take is from your head to your heart. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just choosing to live from my heart to look at myself and others and my life through a lens of love. You know, you're either going to see the world as a really evil, harmful, awful place, or you can see it and people as beautiful and loving and kind. And I promise you, when you look at, at your life through a lens of love, uh, you will have a much <laughs> more pleasant experience. So anytime I'm experiencing a little bit of confusion or doubt or grief or stress or anxiety, I bring myself back to center. I remind myself who I am. And I, I choose to look again through a lens of love rather than fear. I love that. That's great. And, you know, you just reminded me, I don't know if you've seen this, and uh, maybe some of our listeners have. Uh, a couple of years ago, Jim Carrey did a uh, graduation commencement speech. And it's become very popular on, online. It's absolutely amazing. And that's literally how he ends his uh commencement speeches. He says, every one of you is going to walk out the door tonight and you're going to have one or two choices. You can choose love or fear. Choose love. Wow. Wow, I love that I'm in alignment with Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting because um, I think people that watch this, they have a whole different view of him because it's, a, it, I mean, yes, he's funny. He's, he's charming. He's all those things, but he is a very deep and mindful person and he has some incredible messages in here. Um, so yeah, if anybody hasn't seen it, I, I really recommend it. But what you're saying is, I mean, you know, he boiled it down. It's like, you got a choice. It's one or the other. And we do, we tend yeah. to view a lot of stuff through fear and worry and stress instead of going, where's the love in here? I think it's amazing how, much power we give away to other people on mm. a daily basis. Yes. And I think for me, that's why meditation has been so vital to, to my overall joy and well-being and peace of mind is it's, it's really, again, taking it back to, to clarity and it's having a mindset that's completely different than the thinking of the world that says you have to look this way, make this amount of money, have this job, otherwise you're not worthy or successful or lovable. So, um, Everything is a choice, and I think throughout the day we give away so much power to other people. Oh, do they like me? Do they think I'm pretty? Do they think I'm smart? Where we already are all of those things, and so I always say to clients or to friends or to myself, um, if anything I'm wanting. Like right now, let's say I'm like, oh, I really, I really want uh, Ken to like me. Um, I hope he thinks this is a good interview. I hope, I really hope his viewers like me and think I'm cool. 
anything that you want from other people, you just give it to yourself. So the love, the validation, the acceptance. And we think like, oh gosh, that's a lot of work. But <laughs> that's, what, that's, why, that's why I created the Full Spirit Workout because everybody knows that to fight against gravity, you have to exercise your physical muscles and you can't reach this plateau. You're like, all right, I have a, a six pack. I don't have to work out ever again. We all know how untrue that is. And so it's the same with our spiritual musculature and our attitudinal muscles. You have to train them and you have to take them through the exercises too. So rather than getting um, fit at the gym by working our physical muscles, this is really going within and getting still and really exercising those spiritual and emotional muscles. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, it absolutely is. And, and like you said, it, it's just like working out. You don't do it once and expect yourself to be fit. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Even if you worked out for 10 hours, you wouldn't sit yeah, there going, okay, I'm wish. done. I'm good for the month. Yeah. I'm done. Every time at the gym, I'm like, gosh, I wish being fit was easy, but it just isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I just had this weird thought. I'm like, yeah, and we know that, and that's why we're like, they better have nice locker rooms and showers and everything because it's going to be hard work. We need to put showers in our meditation rooms. So we know yeah, walking in the really, door, yeah. you're going to sweat your way through this. This is hard work. If you're not serious, don't show up. Well, but just like when you go to the gym, I don't know about you, but there's times where I just don't want to go. And especially now on the East Coast and it's cold and windy and it's just a night. I don't even want to go outside or participate. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, can I stay in today? But once you finish the workout, you feel so good. One, because it's science and your endorphins are going and it's proven fact that what exercise does to your mindset and to your emotions. And so we know that we're like, oh, I'm, I'm so glad it's the hardest part for me is just getting my butt to the gym. After that, I'm good. So sometimes when I feel myself spinning out, <laughs> I have been known to say to myself out loud, like I'm a child, like, you need to sit your butt in meditation because you are freaking out about nothing. And even if it is something valid, whether it's, you know, an argument with a partner or um, the loss of a job or the death of a loved one, and it's, it's serious things or trauma-inducing incidents, um, you still need to just kind of sit down and, and really check in with yourself and give yourself that, that stillness and that quiet time so that you can receive the guidance, so that you can get clear on your next steps. And just so you don't feel horrible just like when you don't work out for a long time i don't know about you but i feel terrible mm -hmm. yeah i i think that's enough motivation right there do it so you don't feel horrible i mean if that doesn't motivate you i don't know what does so i want to yeah. ask you something because one of the things that that uh, our, our listeners really really appreciate about our guests is their generosity in, in sharing you know their personal stories in in partnership and and what i'd love to ask you about kate is What's a time in your life where you kind of tripped up in a partnership? And, and just share with us briefly, you know, what, what were you doing? What did you trip on? And ultimately, what did you learn from that experience that has helped you move forward? I What just came to mind is I was a TV news anchor at a market in Florida, and um, I ended up getting fired from that job. And I was, I was kind of shocked by it, but basically, um, I don't even remember the exact reason they gave me. I, I think that they were just not experiencing chemistry between the co-anchor and me, and there was some just, it just wasn't a good match. And so to be quote unquote fair, they just got rid of both of us. <laughs> and it was one of those moments, um, you know, and it was earlier in my career and it was a small market, but it was one of those shocking things because, you know, for you, they didn't even to say, it's not about your performance. We think you're great, but we're letting you both go. 
um, it was it was really, really hard. You know, you give your all to something and no one likes to lose their job. But I think it's so important that we all speak open openly about these quote unquote failures or times that maybe you take a hit to the ego or things like that. But it ended up being the, one of the best things that ever happened for me in my career because it got me out of a really sticky situation, um, a, a partnership that wasn't serving me. It was filled with stress. I was taking on the role of 10 people for this one job, making no money. And so it really opened me up to get a much better job. And I ended up um, very shortly after that getting a job at another station that was, you know, 100 markets up, so a much, much bigger, better um, work experience, met incredible people, some lifelong friends, and, and my career really took off from there. So I think sometimes, I love a quote by Maya Angelou, I'll never forget it, because she talked about when she was fired from a job, and, you know, which is very stress-inducing to people, whether it's that, that what it does to your ego, what it does to your bank account, what other people will think or say, or, oh gosh, well, what, what's wrong with you that this happened to you? Um, so many of us have experienced it, but I love what she said. She said, if you ever get fired from a job, your first response should be, thank you. And because the person, sometimes I think a lot of people want to leave their jobs, but they just don't have it in them. So sometimes the universe just, it, it throws you out the door, whether you want it or not, just to be like, all right, you're not ready to, to make the move. So I'm going to make the move for you, for you. And spirit just kind of guides you in a new direction. So if, if that's happening to you, whether you've been broken up with, you've lost your job for whatever reason, layoffs, fired, anything, um, please just remember to say thank you because bigger and better is coming. And when you're in that space of gratitude rather than um, stress and anxiety, you'll just naturally be a magnet for a much better, um, more serving um, situation for you and for everybody involved. Yeah, it's it's very true, you know, and it's it sounds like a cliche, but as I always remind people, there's a reason things are cliches. It's because they're true. They're so true, we happen to say them all the time. That's what makes something a cliche. So one of the things you just said is, is you know, we're sitting there, we're like, oh my gosh, I just got fired or I just got broke up with or whatever, and we're devastated and we're shocked. And it's, again, there's, there's opportunities here. Like, yeah, you're going to have that experience. That's that's normal. But just don't stay there. Right? Don't let somebody else do, Okay, so they said we we it's not about your performance. We're just letting you guys go. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, so and I, yeah. It's not that I'm you don't like what I do, but you're still letting me go. Now I'm really confused. Like, how could I have changed that? You couldn't have. It just wasn't a match. You were doing it great. Wasn't it a just match. wasn't a match. And that you see that all the time in romantic relationships. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, any, or any, I just feel like in general, anytime someone frees you up, uh, that you just know a, a, a great big blessing is, is coming your way. And, and again, a partnership that will uh, be for not only your highest good, but for the highest good of everybody involved. So it's always just, it's always just a moment to, I, I would say return to gratitude, just go back to gratitude, say thank you. And then you just you have to have the the faith and the trust that you know something really really incredible is coming your way. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, Kate, because I I would love to know, like for you, what was one of those like wake up moments? I call it a dumb moment, right? Where you're just like cruising <laughs> along, and all of a sudden you're like, what? I can't. Bo- how how have I missed this for so long? And just share with us again what happened, what created that that wake up, that aha, and then what 
ultimately ended up being a building block for your future from that experience. I had back to back wake up calls and, and it's, it's a little, it's a little dark and heavy, just a little uh, disclaimer here, but I lost two really, really close dear friends to suicide almost a year to the day of each other. So October, 2014 and October, 2015. And it, it completely changed the whole trajectory of my life and how I saw myself and um, not only did I have to mourn the death of these beautiful, beautiful men and two people I care deeply about, but it, it also forced me to really look at myself and how I was choosing to live my life. And, and one man in particular, Sam, you know, we had the same career and on-camera career. He was a very successful model and actor, um, TV host. And, you know, you would, you would, from the outside, he appeared to have it all. And so when a man like that uh, takes his life, everyone's just left like what happened? He was so happy. I just saw him yesterday. All these things, you know, you hear about it quite frequently with suicide and there's been so many celebrities and people are so shocked. Like why would they kill themselves? They're rich, they're famous, they're this, they're that. And it just goes to show you that none of that stuff matters. If you don't feel at peace within yourself and within your body. And when you're, you're looking to things on the outside to give your life meaning. And so for me, it, it that's when I had the whole, you know, epiphany moment or the wake up call where it's like, I, I can no longer put my self worth in my job and some casting director's validation of me and being in a magazine or on a TV show and people being really impressed by that, uh, what I look like, how much money I made this year, all of these things that, you know, society tells us are so important and that's how you get your worth. Um, because quite frankly, I, I didn't want to end up like my friends and not that I'd ever had any of those thoughts before, but I'm like, this is the direction I'm going. So I, I feel it, see it all the time in our society now too. And it's a huge epidemic, as you know, and I'm sure most people listening have known someone who has, um, you know, chosen to end their life and it's heartbreaking. And for the people left behind, it's, it's catastrophic crisis and tragedy. So for me, it's just being more mindful of the choices I'm making and doing things every day that, you know, lift me up and lift others up and using my life more in service of other people and, you know, taking the focus and the obsession off of myself and my career and achievement and putting it more on how can I be in the service of other people. And rather than gratitude, just being like, I got a huge new job or contract or this, it's like, I'm so grateful I woke up today. I'm so grateful to be talking to you. I'm so grateful I had something to eat for breakfast. I mean, just really simple things I think we all take for granted. It just brought me to a much more mindful, conscious way of living. Yeah, and I'm sorry you you had to have that experience. But I, I mean, absolutely. Those are the kind of times where we start to take, you know, take stock in ourselves. And what am I doing? And where am I at? And what's going on here? Because, you know, sometimes we need those wake up calls. As unpleasant as they may be, that's what you know, for whatever reason, we're not paying attention yet. And the universe has to wake us up. And, you know, it's interesting because, uh, have you seen the movie I Feel Pretty? Yes, what a great movie. What I loved about that movie, and I don't know if anybody else recognized this, but, you know, at the end of the movie, and I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, when she realizes that it wasn't about hitting her head, and she's trying to recreate it. And it's like, it's not about that I bang my head. It's that she just had to own her value. She had to own that she was 
amazing. And it's so funny because, of course, we're all trained it's outside of us. And there's that scene where she's like, I knew it. I knew it wouldn't last. And I think so many people carry this around that they think they're, what's, what's their value, what's their self-worth is a mirage. It's only, it's fleeting. As opposed to going, it's, it's yours as long as you own it. And we do that. 100%. We give it up to all kinds of external sources and forces and think that something else created it or it's because I have this job or because I wear this outfit or whatever, when it's none of those things. So yeah, maybe I, I, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the movie's hilarious, right? It's, it's so extreme. But it, when we look at that from that bigger picture, we go, wait a minute. The only thing that changed was her perspective. Nothing else changed. She just started to own it. Now, did she have a certain thing that catalyzed her to do that? Yeah, but then once she woke up to that, she had still had a choice. Do I continue to own it or do I still go, nope, it was because I hit my head. And that's and what we all had to choose. how is that? Oh, it's huge. Because it just, it shows, it shows us, again, we don't have to be, do, or have anything to have all this. It's just, we have to realize that we were born great. And uh, rather than focus on maybe perceived flaws or things that we don't think are stacking up to be good enough, really just standing our, in our greatness, exactly what she did, just owning the greatness, where at first people were like, whoa, like, how and why does this anybody, you know, regardless of what you look like, how are you that confident? And it was, it was genuine, and it was mm -hmm. so pure. That's why she was so lovable. But it is, it really is just owning how great you are not because of anything on the external, just be, and, and, but how powerful that that's the message. You just have to change your belief system, which I understand can be quite challenging, but, but really it shows you that you have the power. Yes, absolutely. And I think the other thing that's so key in that movie that again is just like an underlying message. And I love this phrase. I, I, I think about this all the time and you may have heard this before that comparison is the death of joy. Mm-hmm. And when you watch that movie, she's owning, I'm fabulous, whatever. She knows she's surrounded by all these models at the place she's working. She's not comparing herself to them. She's not saying, they're going, oh, I'm just like them. She's just going, I got to be me. I got to be me. And there's that great scene where she's eating lunch with the models <laughs> and they're all starving themselves. And she's eating like this giant gyro and she's just stuffing it in her face. And she goes, you know, I just realized one day I could eat anything I wanted and look like this and be this amazing. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm terrified that I'll gain an ounce and nobody will like me. And she's sitting there stuffing down the food they would love to eat and going, and it doesn't matter. I'm fabulous. It's one of the coolest yeah, scenes because you can just see their faces go, whoa, I think my only value is that I'm super skinny and tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's so many cool things in there. I love how so many movies have that kind of like hidden messages in there. And for me, I, I tend to <laughs> I tend to gravitate towards those. So yeah, that's one of my favorites right now. Well, it's refreshing, isn't it? It's just a whole different again mentality. I think people just want something like this instead of the constant bombardment of quote unquote perfection that none of us feel we can live up to. So mm -hmm. why even try? Or let me go feel bad at myself about myself and eat some pizza and chips and go to bed. You know, it's just 
it, it really is um, a mess, a refreshing, a refreshing message, and one that again goes back to to the inside, and that's where all your power is and all your beauty is, and then it just it it radiates from the outside. Everyone was so in love with her because she was just so bright and vibrant, and and believed in her own loveliness. It was such a beautiful thing to see. I do, I do, I love that. I really love that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great great message in there. So I want to ask you, we've talked about, you know, some kind of trip up type of moments. What's a time in your life that, you know, is like one of those really proud moments, one of those times that you look back on and you're just like, you, you can't help but smile because it's like, that was so cool. And it was all happened because of partnership. I had a, a dear friend I knew from my work at QVC, um, which is outside of Philadelphia, and we we had a phone conversation a couple years ago, and I don't even know how it got brought up, but she said, hey, would you be interested in working in Europe? And I said, yes, because I love to travel, um, and I absolutely love Europe. And so just in a conversation and really with someone who we both, it was a mutual respect both personally and professionally on and off camera, and she introduced me to a woman who ended up essentially hiring me on the spot because she she knew my work but just didn't know that I was interested and available to travel and work in Europe. And and the woman who owns this company, she's like my long-lost sister and twin. We look alike. We talk alike. We're both nutty and silly. And, you know, and so it just – it was a partnership, again, where I wasn't looking to this contact to hook me up or do this for me. We were just, it was just a genuine partnership of friendship and, and mutual respect. And she just felt called to introduce me to this woman. And, and so she really, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, hooked me up with this incredible job opportunity um, that has been one of the highlights of my career to work in Germany and Italy and the UK. And it all just happened so naturally and organically. And so, I, I, again, when you're kind of in that alignment and you're just, busy putting out your good juju and, and being nice and polite to everybody and not really looking to get anything from anybody, but rather what can I give? And that's why I call myself the joy bringer. You know, when I show up at work, I'm like, I'm just here to bring the joy, to bring the love. Yes, I have my job responsibilities and duties and title, but I, I'm just here to bring the joy. And so really by just operating from that space, I attracted this incredible opportunity. So I love when things like that happen without even trying or thinking I have to strive and get this. I didn't even really have to try. So it's, it's a good reminder and message to myself um, and, and to others really too, to just stay in that, in that good place and just have really genuine relationships with other people and, and not, not a, in a transactional way, but in a relational way. So um, I think I see that a lot in business where, and I don't know if you've ever felt it. I've certainly felt it where you felt like a, a business trip. You felt like a business transaction for someone as opposed to like, Hey, I'd like to get to know you. I think you're really great. It's kind of like, Oh, you write for them or, Oh, you do this. Um, let's meet for lunch so we can discuss how you can help me. And, you know, I'm all for helping people and networking, but it has that kind of icky feeling to it when it's, when it's transactional. Yeah. And you know, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's one of those things that I, I see a lot of times with, you know, in the in the dating and relationship world where somebody, maybe they meet them through a business type of function, whether it's networking or some type of event, and you're chatting, and you're talking about what you do and whatever, and they're like, oh, I'd like to get together, and you don't know what they're talking about. Like, are you wanting to go on a date? Are you wanting to find out if we should work together? Like, what what is this? And we've become so afraid to own what our intentions are that it is vague. Nobody knows. And 
I remember this happened quite a few years ago. I, I approached this woman and, and I could tell there was that, you know, uncertainty on her part. And I said, just so you're clear, what I'm talking about is I want to ask, I, I want to take you on a date. This isn't like I want to meet you to talk about business. And she goes, thank you for being clear about that. Like, everybody's like, you want to get together? You want to get a coffee? You want to hang out? And it's so vague as to what the intentions are. And so we, we don't even know what we're walking into. I love that you brought that up because I, and I'm having a <laughs> thing. Again, I'm just so transparent. I'm like, I don't know. The, like, sometimes I'm like, TMI, Kate. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm talking to you like we're just out for a coffee or something and sharing funny stories. But I can't tell you how many times in my Facebook Messenger or LinkedIn or something, I will get messages from men and kind of like they approach me where I kind of feel because I have good intuition that they want to get to know me in a romantic way or as a, in a date type of situation like you are approaching that woman. Mm -hmm. But they come at me with, hey, uh, my job is looking for a reporter. Would you be interested? I'd love to help you get the job. And it, it just it comes like they they hide behind trying to hook me up with a job or a career opportunity. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I appreciate your, just like that woman said, appreciate your honesty and candor. And I, I just feel like it saves everybody so much time and heartache when we can just be upfront about our intentions and just like, and I feel pretty, just own it. Hey, I like you. I would love to get together sometime and learn more about you. Or, Hey, I think you're brilliant. They're hiring a new reporter at our San Francisco office. I'd love to put you in touch with Doug and HR. <laughs> you know, like, either way, what, what's your intention? Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a lot of factors, but uh, it's it's so important to just own where you're at because then you can get an answer one way or the other that's real, right? The person can Absolutely. be like, hmm. you know, I mean, let's be honest. I could have approached this woman knowing nothing about her, you know, just met her then. She could be like engaged to somebody. She could be on a long-term relationship. I wouldn't know if she's thinking it's a business thing and I'm thinking it's a date and I show up thinking we're going to go out and she's like, well, no, I've been dating this guy for six years. Like, what are you doing? It's mm -hmm. a total disconnect. So let's find out. Let's make sure we're on the same page. And, and you know, it is about communicating. So we're getting to the end of the show here, Kate. And I want to I want to kind of shift gears a little bit because we've gotten I call this the bring it all home portion of the show. And this is where we're going to, you know, move away from stories and just leave our, our listeners with a couple of little gold nuggets they can take with them. And, and what I'd love to have you start with is. For you personally, what would you say is that the best partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received? Mm, that's a great question. What comes to mind immediately is only what you are not giving can be lacking in any situation. And that comes from um, a spiritual text. It's a psychological mind training um, with the result being inner peace achieved through forgiveness. And so I love that because oftentimes, whether it's, again, a friend, a family member, spouse, a business partner, or someone at work, we always think like, well, if that person just wasn't such a jerk, or if they would just listen to me, or if they would just this, then everything would be okay, or I wouldn't be so annoyed, or whatever. But I think, again, it brings all the power back to you and say, mm. only what I am not giving can be lacking in any situation. So maybe I need to offer that person compassion. Maybe I need to forgive them. Maybe what I'm not giving is the space in the relationship that, no, this is not working and I need to leave. And what I'm not giving is that I'm choosing to stay. So I think, again, we take the focus back to ourselves 
and how we're contributing to the partnership. And the question I always ask myself is, who do I need to be in this situation to transform it? If the relationship is going south, who do I need to be to either send the person on their way with love or to salvage the relationship? Not like, well, he needs to quit leaving his socks on the floor and coming home late. It's just, you know, I, I really think that there's so much power in that. And a lot of times the answer is you do need to leave the situation. However, I recommend leaving it and a place of peace and love because otherwise you're just going to keep attracting the same sort of work situation, the same romantic partner. They're just going to have a different name and you're going to have to keep going through the same stuff until you've really cleaned up your side of the street. I just love what you just said there at the end, clean up your side of the street. That's, I often say that like the only part of the, that matters is your side of the street. Like, yeah, their side of the street could be a big train wreck, but that's not yours. So, Take care of your side of the street, and if they're a match, great. If they're not, because I, I think you said something that's really powerful, and a lot of people get in resistance when you said, you know, only what you're not giving can be lacking in a situation, and, and we tend to go, oh, so that means it's my fault? Oh, so <laughs> I'm to blame? Oh, it's always about me? What about them? Right? We get defensive because we see that as a judgment as opposed to an observation that gives us a chance to go, here's where the opportunity lies. Oh, if I'm not feeling heard, maybe I'm not really listening. Maybe I should look at how I'm listening. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I think, too, it's that um, even if it's only 10% your fault, you still have to look at that 10%. And for me, in my experience, there is nothing more freeing than the recognition and admission that, wow, I was really a jerk in that moment. <laughs> you know, even if they were a jerk 364 days, but that 365th day, you were really a jerk. You were really, you were not in your best self. Acknowledging that and making amends, apologizing, and then, and really committing to yourself to not, to not either be put in that situation or to just own, hey, I was a jerk. There's, there's some, I feel like I get out a lot of speeding tickets when I just, not when I'd be like, oh, I didn't do it. When I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm driving like a total idiot. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm the worst driver. And I feel like the cops will usually look at me like, whoa, I don't think they ever hear anybody admit that they were a jerk. <laughs> so they're like, just slow down and be careful. I think there's something really powerful when we can admit to ourselves like, hey, I was a jerk and I'm sorry. Absolutely. Again, it's it's owning that. Right. That's such a huge, huge component because it's owning your power. My role mm -hmm. in this situation. So let me ask you this, then. If you had to pick a, a book or a resource that you would recommend for our listeners about partnership, what would be the one you'd recommend and why that one? Again, every, I'm, I just like to answer like first thing that comes to heart and mind. And I'm thinking A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And you're like thinking, oh, that's not business or that's not partnership. But I spoke earlier about really living from your heart and through a lens of love as opposed to fear. And that's what this book did for me and just really opened my eyes to that reality. And it was something that I've never experienced before because, again, we're all subscribed to the thinking of the world that is very fear-based, especially in this climate that we're all living and experiencing now. So I think just immersing yourself in a thought system that is based on love and forgiveness with the goal being inner peace. Um, is really powerful. And then from that place, even if it sounds a little, you know, Pollyanna or new age, 
Um, but with the recognition that when you live your life from that place, you naturally attract all of those other things that you desire. You just have to try a lot less. It's not such a struggle. It's more of an ease and flow. So A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great recommendation. Thank you. Well, Kate, Welcome. I mean, as I said, we're, we're going to have to wrap up here. And unfortunately, we, we haven't even got started. Uh, <laughs> so do me a favor. <laughs> would you let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do? Yes. Yeah, so it's Kate, K-A-T-E, at Kate Ekman. That's K-A-T-E, E-C-K-M-A-N, dot TV. You can find me there. And then my website is just kateekman.tv and all my social media, blogs, articles, all of that is there. And I'd love, love, love to connect with you. Fantastic. Awesome. And as always, for our loyal listeners and everyone else out there, if you didn't get a chance to jot all that down, don't worry about it. All you have to do is go to speakingofpartnership.com, put in Kate's name in the search bar, and you'll go straight to her show page and you'll see all her contact information there on the page. So it's super easy to get in touch with her. Well, Kate, Everything you shared, your stories, your insights, absolutely incredible. So, so powerful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. You're the best. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.